Welcome to Bear Creek AG's online service podcast. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today. We upload a new service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So we look forward to having you tune in with us again. Here's today's message. To begin first by just thanking you all for being here today. I know the weather is nasty. I know the holiday is what it is. Hopefully the, the sickness of eating too much turkey has wore off on you today and you're not going to be too sleepy. But if somehow, some way, with the weather and my preaching, you find yourself getting a good nap, God bless you. I'm glad that I could help you with that challenge today. Uh, but it, it, I do want to celebrate today. We, we sometimes in church, we move from one thing to another without stopping and celebrating. Last Sunday was a powerful day. It was such a powerful day as we heard people give their testimonies, as you all wrote out your cards, your I am thankful cards. I'm going to share a few of those uh, with you guys today. And just I'm just so thankful for the day, just the celebratory atmosphere that we had as we worshiped and we thanked the Lord for all his good works in our life and all of his blessings. I do want to let you know that, um, that our sacrifice offering is, is out of this world. Um, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for getting behind this project of planting a church. Uh, I don't think God needs me to say thank you to you, but I'm going to thank you on behalf of the Lord. I think you know that you can't outgive God, and He's going to bless you. But last week, uh, in our offering, we took up $7,886. To God be the glory. Come on, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. And it didn't look like it affected our tithes and offerings, because we had a really good day on tithes and offerings as well. So not that that's a worry for me. I don't worry about that. I don't worry about funds. I, I really don't. I, I monitor them. The board and I monitor them. Some Sundays, some months are better than others. Uh, right now, our expenses are a lot greater than, than uh, well, I won't say a lot greater in income. That's right. Our expenses have gone up, so it is a challenge. But hey, we're balancing as best as we can to God be the glory for your faithfulness. And I know there's some people who have yet to give. They weren't here last week. Uh, there's, I know at least one family that's online that's committed to giving uh, some as well, a large amount as well. And, it, it, you know, it's really not about the amount. I've always said that. Pastor, what if we only took up $3,000? I would celebrate just as greatly because God takes a little and he does so much with what little bit we commit to him. Amen? I mean, all you have to do is have the faith of a mustard seed and God can take that little faith and he can blossom. He can, you can grow it through his word, through activities of him. Anyways, the, the widow might. I think about her and what she gave. And Jesus told the disciples she gave, gave greater than anybody because she gave out of her need and not out of her, her excess. And so that's what we did. That's what a sacrifice offering is about. And to God be the glory. I believe by the time the end of the year comes around, we will have made ten, we would have brought in $10,000, made our goal for planting this church. So to God be the glory. I also want to share a few of the cards. I'm not going to mention names and I'm not going to mention all of them, but it was really encouraging as I as I went through these cards. I know it looks like I've got a lot of them up here, and I think I picked up more than I meant to pick up. But just thinking of, of all these thankful cards, I, I had one here that says, I'm so thankful that God heard my cries and felt my pain. That's moving. And moved me from my situation. To God be the glory for that. 
I, I mean, it's amazing. I had one person. Um, God gave me a second chance on life, and I thank Him every day for it. To God be the glory. I had one person that says, the things God didn't give me. I'm thankful for the things that God did not give me. We don't often think of it that way. Or the, I thank God for the things that I may not have known about that He saved me from. We don't think about those things sometimes. But this person did, and to God be the glory. I could read on and on. I'm thankful for Jesus and all the great things He has given me, like my family. He's also given me the freedom to choose who I worship, another freedom to worship. He has been the, the best choice, and I love and I trust Jesus with all my heart. I'm thankful for all that He's done in my life. Thank God. Even our children got involved with it and wrote some things down. I even had one person that was thankful that the game warden wasn't at the landing that they were landing at after going fishing one day. Hey, to God be the glory for that, right? I, I'm concerned about that person thanking God for not getting caught breaking the law, although this person didn't mention they broke the law. But I can't think of a reason to be thankful that the game warden wasn't there unless you didn't have a fishing license, which is breaking the law, right? Hey, but seriously... Thank the Lord. We are truly, truly blessed. Many of you um, thank, was thankful for your small group teacher or leader. Many. I mean, more than one card. Several. So thankful for the person who teaches my class or who leads my small group. And so many of you, and this is going right in with our message today, so many of you wrote, you're thankful for me and my biblical teaching and preaching um, and I never do the cards for the purpose of of you doing in other words not intentional but you don't know how that encouraged me I mean I have to answer to the Lord and he I believe I hear from him but then to hear from your perspective that you're ministered to and you think thank you so much church and to God be the glory well today we're going to finish up our series on uh, words to live by. We've looked at invitation. We've looked at gratitude. We've looked at thankfulness. And, and truthfully, this we might pick this message series up later in the year, next year. I don't know, but we'll be transitioning into seasonal preaching next week on Christmas. Some Christmas things, some ideas that the Lord has laid on my heart. But today, we're for at least now, we're going to land this plane. And, and we're going to be looking at something that I think is a word that we need to live by personally and uh, something that we need to be doing as well. If there's a word that we need to live by today, I would say the word is encouragement. If there's something that we need to live by today, it is encouragement. There's so many people today who need encouraging. I imagine right now if I were to raise, ask you to raise your hand, how many of you are discouraged how many of you are walking in the shadows walking in the valley how many of you guys are overwhelmed with life how many of you guys are just discouraged i imagine hands feet heads everybody would be saying i need some encouragement because there, we all get to a place in our life where we need encouraging i mean life throws curveballs at us every day and we're blindsided by so much in life that we need encouraging so what we're going to do is we're going to start off with an exercise. I want you to look to someone around you, and I want you to say something encouraging to them right now. Let's put it into practice. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. 
Now, obviously, the person you're talking to is the one who obviously looks more desperate to you than anybody else. So now let's look to somebody else that doesn't quite look like they're quite that desperate for encouragement. And let's put into practice today encouraging one another. Okay, that's enough. That's enough encouraging. All right, all right, all right. No, I am joking. Yeah. Now, in all seriousness, if someone just encouraged you, you don't have to say it out loud. But doesn't that feel good? I know it's a little mechanical. And, and I'm having some fun with it. Like I said, you probably looked at the person who seemed like they looked like they needed the most encouraging, right? right? But the reality of it is, there's something that's uplifting about encouragement. Encouragement defined in the Oxford Online Dictionary is this way. The action of giving someone support, confidence, and or hope. It's the action of giving someone support, comfort, or hope. It's also defined as persuasion to do or to continue doing something, right? You are encouraging. Hey, clean your room. You're doing a good job. Do it better. That's encourage. Get your belt. A belt is a great encourager for some of that. But in seriousness, it's persuading. It's, it's that idea of doing something or to continue doing something to encourage somebody. Synonyms. I like synonyms because sometimes it helps us understand a word a little better. Here it is. Heartening. You're heartening. You're, you've got a heart for someone. You encourage them. You're uplifting. Right? You're cheering someone up. Cheering somebody on. Re, re, re. Kick them in the knee. I mean, how many of y'all yesterday were rooting for your football team? Right? Come on. Yeah. How many of y'all were screaming at the TV? Yeah, go Auburn. To, to the Liberty Bowl. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Did that slip out? Okay. Yeah. It's encouraging. It's, it's cheering on. It's inspirational. It's motivation. Encouragement, in other words, is an action. Just like I said, love is an action. Just like invitation is an action. Right? Just like generosity is an action. It's not that I have to do something. I get to. You didn't have to come to church today in the weather, but you got to come to church today in the weather. See? It's that action of attitude of getting to do something. It's an action word with the purpose for encouraging. Why? To give someone support, confidence, to cheer them on in a time of crisis when somebody's down. Now, as we look at the New Testament, we have to understand that Greek words, that's the, that's the primary language that the New Testament is written in, there's several English words to a Greek word, okay? But most, if not every opportunity in the New Testament, the word that is used for encouragement is the word periclesis. And so I put that up there. So if you want to be able to speak Greek, just say periclesis. Periclesis. What does that mean? That is a word for encouragement. It means to comfort. It means to lift, to refresh, to come alongside, to help, or to strengthen. So over in John chapter 14, when Jesus was talking to his disciples the night before his death, he told them he's going away, but he would send the Holy Spirit, and he said that the Holy Spirit was going to be their helper. All right? going to be the helper some translations say comforter as brother uh andy pointed out over here other translations say advocate and yet another one says encourager encourager see the reason those words are used to describe in all those different translations is because the word that jesus is using there is pleurisy paraclesis i can get it up I speak Greek all the time, don't I? I just get to, Lord, loose these tongues. Encouragement. 
All right, here we go. There's your interpretation, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's periclesis. So let's look at it. John chapter 14, verse 26. It says, but the advocate, this is an NIV, the Holy Spirit, but you could easily put in there, but the encourager, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, we often think about this, but uh, we don't often think this, but one of the things that the Lord wants to do more than anything to us and for us is He wants to encourage us. He wants to encourage us. He is committed to your personal encouragement and walking with him that's why he when you accepted jesus as your lord and savior he implanted his holy spirit within you whom he calls the encourager who he calls the advocate who he calls the comforter who he calls the helper his idea of this is he is in us to encourage us and help us on this journey called life so with that in mind i want to give you very briefly very quickly no i'm not going to lie to you today I want to give you three very brief principles. and This is not an exhaustive study of this word by any means. But as I was praying and studying, these are the three things that the Lord laid on my heart as it pertains to encouragement. Here's the first principle. Encouragement is something that God does. It's something that God does. This is one of the primary ways... God wants us to know Him. The longer I'm the pastor, the longer I, as long as I've pastored, I should say, I am convinced that most believers do not understand how much God loves them. That's in my notes. Did you hear the gifts of interpretation? You have no idea knowing how much God loves you. I think it's unfathomable, but I think we can grow in that knowledge and understanding of love, and that's what God wants us to do. He wants to come along. He wants us to know how much He loves us. He wants us to know how good He wants to be to us. I said this last week, or two weeks ago. God is a good God. God has done good to you, God has done good for you, and God wants to do good for you. He's a good God. He's a loving Heavenly Father who knows how to give good gifts to His children. And you are a child of God. You are adopted. He chose you, and He wants to bestow His blessings and His encouragement on you, His goodness upon you. He wants to encourage you. If you and I have our hearts in tune with God, what we're going to hear is going to strengthen us when He speaks to us in our inner being, and He is encouraging our hearts. Listen to what 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort. All comfort. The word there for comfort, guess what it is in the Greek? Periclesis. It's periclesis right there, see? He is the God of all encouragement. It is a part of God's nature and, and how He wants to work in our lives. If you believe that you're hearing the voice of God, ask yourself, what is it that you're hearing? If you believe you're hearing the voice of God and it's encouraging, then you're hearing God. God wants to encourage you. I'm not beyond conviction. I know God also through His Holy Spirit brings conviction, 
But even in that conviction, it's not condemning. Even in that conviction, it's only, it's only corrective. In that conviction, he's trying to encourage you to do right so that you're walking with him, step in step with him, because you know his way is the best way, right? And even so, if he's speaking to you with conviction, it's there to encourage you to walk hand in hand with him according to his words and his plans for your life because he loves you. So this verse could be read, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all encouragement. And verse 4 goes on to say, Who encourages us in all our troubles. Listen, if you're going through a difficult time, God is not ignoring your cries. I love one of the cards I read. It says, I thank God that He heard me when I was crying out to Him. I thank God that he heard me when I was praying. I thank God that he heard me in my despair. God is not turning a deaf ear to you when you're in crisis, when you're in need. He is hearing you. He's not ignoring you. And he's able to handle whatever trouble you're going through. If you think he doesn't care, can I tell you, that's not a message from him. If you ever believe that God's not listening, that's not a message from him. In your heart, if you believe that he doesn't care about your circumstances, that's not of God. That's not a message from God because he loves you, he cares for you. Why would he send his son to die on the cross for you if only to leave you in despair? No, as a child of the Most High God, he is working for you and not against you because he is encouraging you, he is loving you. He's the God who encourages us in all of our troubles so that we can encourage those in any trouble with the encouragement we ourselves receive from God. God's intention is to encourage us when we're facing trouble and difficult times so that we can then, in turn, encourage others. Some of the cards were thankful for people they mentioned for coming alongside and helping them in a time of need, for allowing God to use them to provide to them through individuals. Thank God that those who have been through hard times understand the faithful. I was speaking with somebody just this morning with a little anxiety about a life change, a major life change. Come in and I just mentioned this person. Look behind you. See how much God loves you. Look what he's done for you. Look how he's ordered your steps. He's not changed. He is that kind of God who wants nothing but his best for his children. He's an encouraging God. Here's the thing. Encouragement can be a huge game changer in showing people the love of Christ. Did we not just hear from the interpretation that God is mandating God? It's a requirement of God that we not only receive His love, but be put His love on demonstration. Some of you wonder, uh, how could you invite someone to church? Or how could you talk to somebody, Lord, because you're so shy and you're so bashful? Can I tell you, just encouraging somebody opens the door for them to receive Christ. Just encouraging somebody, showing them the love of God can be a changer, life game changer in their lives. It could be anyone, whether you know them or not, just saying something encouraging to them could change their lives. That's you being used by God. As you've been comforted, been comforted, encouraged, now you can now encourage others who have been encouraged by God. It's reciprocal. It's reciprocal. And it's necessary. It's needed, see. Think about a time when you were discouraged and someone came alongside of you and said something encouraging that changed your disposition, that changed your attitude. That moment, maybe it was a text, maybe it was a card, maybe it was a hug. Just a word of encouragement that just changed and it opened your heart 
Uh, like I said, these cards that I read and several of them, just thanking the Lord for me. Me. And being obedient to the Lord. You don't understand how sometimes I wonder if I'm hearing from God. You, I, sometimes I wonder if I'm hearing the, and, and walking in the leading of the Lord. I, I know that may seem odd, but trust me, this is not an easy thing to do to get up and speak on behalf of God. I take it seriously. But hearing and seeing you respond or hearing your kind words, someone just last week came up to me in person, and I told them, you don't know how much I needed to hear what they had to say to me and how encouraging it was to me. It's life-changing, and when we do that for others, it opens their heart to receive the love of God. It opens their heart to receive what the Lord... You're working hand in glove with the Lord when you do that. You don't even have to know what they're going through. You don't have to know what they're going through. You don't have to know what they're facing. But when you encourage, you're working hand in hand, like I said, with the Holy Spirit. By encouraging, you're putting on display the fact that you are a son and daughter of God, the Father. Because He is the God of all encouragement. He wants to use you and I to encourage others as well. Today, God wants to encourage you. You may have come here today hoping that this was going to be an encouraging message because of where you're at in life. I hope that you leave here today, you are encouraged by this message. I hope, I hope as you leave today, you have felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I hope today as you see the gifts and operation, the worship uh, that we, we, have, we have lifted up to the Lord and entering His presence, I hope you see how God is working today in this service for your behalf. It's for all of us, but especially for those who are coming here desperate today, just needing to know, does God really care? Does God hear me? Does God love me? Yes! Emphatically, yes! He's the God of all, all encouragement. Second principle. Not only is God encouraging, but what God has done is give us His Word to encourage us. Now this is Christianity 101, but you have to understand that God's encouragement goes hand and fist with what? His Word. Matter of fact, we started off in John 14, and what did Jesus say? I'm going to send you the encourager, and what's He going to do? He's going to remind you of what I've said. His Word. And so, so it is. Romans 15, 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written. Or you could say that the Bible was written. Right? The Bible was written, all right? Uh, to teach us so that through the, endurance, through the endurance taught in the Scriptures, it's interesting that he uses the word endurance there. You know that the Word of God from the Old Testament, even as they're living out the New Testament, is a Scripture of endurance. There's very few people who have it all. There's very few people's stories in here where there wasn't crisis, where there wasn't sickness, where there wasn't wars, where there wasn't earthquakes or, or natural disasters. You hear what he's saying? Endurance. Why is the scripture there? To show you the faithfulness and the love and the endurance of God. His encouragement is he see, saw those people through and he's going to see you and I through. That's what this is. The Bible is a book of testimony. It's a book of testimony to remind us of what we can endure it's to encourage us so that we can endure when we're, when we're facing hard times. And the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. The Bible, the Word of God, is given to give us encouragement to give us hope. How many of y'all have a scripture, go-to scripture? Come on, let me see the hands. You have a go-to scripture. When you're going through something, this is your scripture. Hang on to that. If you don't, you need a go-to scripture. You need a scripture that when you're blindsided, our story, something in the Word of God that the Holy Spirit can bring back to your remembrance 
So when you get that doctor's report or you get that unexpected bill or your identity has been stolen, I wish somebody would steal my identity. No, I'm kidding. You know, it's like, you, you know, when those things happen and catch you off guard, something you could, when there's a major life change, see, you can go to. Do you need encouraging today? Pick up your word. Need encouraging today? Pick up your word. Read the stories that God has ordained for us to have for generations. Think about the thousands of years we've had it to remind us of how much He cares about us. The fact that He will see us through. In writing to a young pastor by the name of Timothy, he was pastoring a difficult church in Ephesus. Paul, Paul writes this. Now, understand this church was, uh, was, was against Timothy. They were fighting Timothy. They were fussing at Timothy. They were saying bad things about Timothy, you know. Poor little Tim, which is getting beat up, left and right. There was division and fussing within the church. And so Paul writes this uh, to Timothy, who, who's losing heart and possibly ready to give up. And he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 13. It says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Let that soak in for just a minute. Until I come, until I'm, Paul was wanting to come to Timothy and encourage you, I want you to, to, to devote yourself to public reading of the Scripture. In front of your people, read the Scriptures, right? I want you to preach to them. I want you to teach them. Listen to what the English Standard Version says. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation. Exhortation, to teaching, all right? Now, look what the New Living Translation says. Until I get there, focus on reading the Scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Any idea what word is used right there in that Scripture? Paraclesis. That's why it's interpreted that many ways. What's he saying? Devote yourself to encouraging the people. How? How, Paul? Listen, read the Scripture to them. Matter of fact, then teach it and preach it to them. Make sure that they understand it. Make sure they get a healthy diet of my word. Because that's what's going to encourage them. If you're preaching my word, if you're teaching my word, if you're reading my word, then my Holy Spirit is going to bring that back to remembrance, to the remembrance one day. My Holy Spirit, matter of fact, how many of y'all have ever read a scripture before and the Holy Spirit take it and just totally turn your life upside down? Come on, come on somebody. I'm talking about you read it, it's like, oh man, that really changed me. Or when you're going through a bad time and suddenly that scripture came back or maybe a message the Lord preached through me or maybe a, a, a lesson your teacher had taught you in your small group. I'm telling you, it's encouraging. We need to be in the Word. When the Word of God is rightly divided, rightly taught, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God will transform the lives of those who hear it. It will change your life. This message today should be changing your life. This message today should be encouraging you. If nothing else, this message today should remind you of what God has already done for you and encouraging you. Preaching and teaching is the mean of, means of encouragement. That's why it's important. Listen, that's why it's important that you're in your word every day. That's why it's important that you come to church. That's why it's important that you're in a small group. I'm not saying that to build our numbers up. I'm not saying that so I can say, look what size church I pastor. I've told you in a tongue-in-cheek way, the more that's here, the more work I have. So, but I'm okay with that. God will equip me to be able to minister to those he puts underneath 
my leadership. But on a serious note, you need to be here. You need to be in the Word. You need to be in service. You need the Word. You need the Word taught to you. You need the Word preached to you. You need to be reading the Word. Come to Sunday school. You're going to be encouraged. Come to Sunday school and then come to church. You're going to be doubly encouraged. Go to Wednesday night. You're going to be encouraged. Go to your small group. You're going to be encouraged. I promise you. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be encouraged because you come alongside with people of like precious faith. We know the fellowship is fun. Keep picking at each other. Just seeing where we're at in life. I love the fellowship this morning in Sunday school and in the hallways and the foyer before church. I love it. We were encouraged. But not only that, you're going to be taught the word that later the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the encourager will bring back to your remembrance to encourage you. Third principle. Encouragement can change the direction of a person's life. I've kind of already touched on this a little bit. But this is important. It's a game changer. It is a game changer in people's lives. And I've never known anyone who rejected encouragement. Oh, please stop. That's too much encouragement. I can't take it anymore. Please. No, no more. Quick, oh, quick, 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 right? No, no. I've never seen anybody reject it. And I've only seen people benefit from an encouraging word from somebody. Truthfully. Maybe the Grinch is the only example that that's somebody who may not want to be encouraged, right? That was not pudding. All right. And if I'm not seeing the movie, that made no sense to you, but just trust me on that. All right. You know, in here this morning, it's, it's comfortable. Feels good, doesn't it? We're around people we know we love and that loves us, and that's encouraging. But you know, when I, when I think going outside these walls, these doors, and going back into life outside of our gatherings, I am reminded um, that this world is cursed with sin. And because of that, the messages that the world is sending us, most of them are not encouraging. Because of that, we need encouraging every day. Everyone needs it. And everybody benefits from it. And you may not realize it, but when you and I encourage someone, one of the things we are doing is that we are building that person's faith. Especially when we're talking about the Word of God. It may be an unsaved person, but when they're going through something and God opens the door for you to encourage them, you can share your Scripture with them. I think about my Scripture. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I know I say it all the time from up here. That's one of my go-to scriptures, and I share it with people. If you've ever texted me or called me for encouragement, I share it. If it's someone that I just meet off the street and I don't know their spiritual uh, situation, I share it with them. And this simply says this, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but all your ways. Acknowledge Him. And it says that He will make your path straight. He'll order your steps. People need to hear encouragement. People need to be encouraged. There is a ministry 
of encouragement because this world is fallen. This world is cursed. There's evil on every side of us. You look at the news, and whether it's an earthquake, whether it's a volcano erupting, whether it's the war in Ukraine, whether it's the war in, in, in Israel, it matters not. Whether it's the famine in, in Africa, come on, somebody. Whether it's the economy in our country, right? Regardless of what is, whether the, the, the flu bee is going around and people are being hospitalized, it matters not. The messages are discouraging in the world today and we are to be light and we are to be salt and we're to be out there communicating the encouraging word that, that God that God that we serve has given us to give to others when you encourage someone you may even help them discover their gifts or confirm their gifts man you work really good with kids you never know what that might do with somebody right Man, you're such an encourager. You, 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 you sing so well. Or you do this and you do that. You never know by your encouragement the difference you're making in somebody's life that will confirm the calling on their life or the gifts that God has given them. Encouragement is important in the church as well because it builds the church. Over in Acts chapter 4, 36... We're introduced to a man by the name of Joseph. I preached this several months ago. Who became known as a son of encouragement because of how encouraging he was. Acts 4.36 says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. I think that's amazing. He was such an encourager that they gave him the nickname son of encourager. I, I dare not ask you what nicknames you have or what have been given to you. But I can guarantee you the nicknames that have been given to me over the years are not that flattering, all right? Uh, and some of the names that you call me aren't that flattering as well. I know the Spirit talks to me as well, so remember that, all right? So, so but no, seriously, seriously though, what, what, what an idea. Later in Acts, there's a new church that's birthed in Antioch, which is north of Jerusalem. Um, and so the, the apostles wanted to send someone there to encourage the leadership in the church. So who did they send? Mr. Encourager, let's send Barnabas. Let's send Joseph of Cyprus. And so they sent him up there. And listen to what the scripture says in chapter 11, verse 22. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord. Don't turn back. Don't turn away from what God's done in your life. Encourage them with all their hearts. He said, stay firm, stay to the course, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Barnabas encouraged the church, and the church became more spiritually mature, and the church grew in number. So you don't have to know somebody to encourage them. But when you encourage somebody, it's a game changer in terms of opening their hearts to God, working in their life. I was thinking the other day as I was preparing this message, I was going to use an example in my life, and then the Lord laid an example of somebody else that I was able to encourage. I was on staff at another church, and there was a lady who was saved, and her husband was unsaved and trying to save their marriage. And so he, I reached out to this husband and, I, and just got to talking with him and found out that uh, he would like to learn how to hunt. Well, he came to the wrong person to teach him how to hunt. Well, I'll tell you that back. I know how to hunt. I just have a hard time killing. There's a big difference there. And so I encouraged her. I said, listen, I have a lease. How about I go, you get your hunting license. I'll set you up. You're going to see deer. If you, you, know, if you see one you like, you can kill it. Blah, 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 blah. So 
he went with me. And that first time he went with me, he actually killed a deer. And, and because of my kindness, because of my kindness, and open, it opened the door and our trip there and back to talk to him about the Lord. And the next day he came to church and he received Christ as his Lord and Savior. I encouraged him. His, ma his marriage was on the rock. Yes, the deer hunting was, was what made it exciting for him, but it was, the, it was the trip there and back that I was able to talk to him about the Lord and his marriage and his family, his wife and his children. And he received the Lord. He was open to me talking to him because I was encouraging to him. When you encourage someone, God is at work in ways you're not aware you never know when you're encouraging what God will do. Encouragement makes the big difference. You know, as we're entering into this holiday season, going from Thanksgiving to, to Christmas and even New Year's, this is a very critical message. So many people take their lives during this time of the year. Why? They've lost hope. They're discouraged. Many of them don't have... To, as, 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 honestly, I was sitting there with family eating Thanksgiving lunch, and I and I just I thought about some folks that didn't have family, maybe spending it by themselves. I hope nobody did. I hope nobody did. It's so easy this time of year to get discouraged. That's why we have to be encouraging. All around us are people who are fighting battles, carrying burdens that you know nothing about in this church and outside this church that you come to contact with every day. That's why your words of encouragement are so important. Your smile, your acknowledgement, your talk, you just find something that you can encourage somebody with because it can be a life changer. In the New Testament, and there's several scriptures that prompt us to encourage one another. One is 1 Thessalonians 5.11. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just in fact you are doing. Continue to encourage. There's enough in this world tearing people down. We need to be building people up. Here's another one. Many have weaponized this scripture in Hebrew. We try to use it for legalism. But there's a great message behind this scripture. Take it out of the legalistic you're going to heaven if you come to church. You're going to hell if you don't. It's not that at all. Listen to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit through the writer of Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing. But what for the purpose? What's the purpose of us coming? To encourage one. But let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. What day? It's a capital D. The day approaching. The day of the Lord. I can tell you this, as we go move closer and closer to the return of Jesus, it's going to get harder and harder on us. We know that the economy is going to get worse. Conditions for Christians are going to get worse. The political scene is going to get worse. There's going to be more wars. There's going to be more famine. Who would have thought in five years we've gone through what we've gone through? And it's not gotten bad yet, church, if you excuse my English. We need to encourage one another. Come together to encourage. So let me close with this question. A couple of questions. So who in your life can you encourage? We often look at it from our standpoint. We need encouraging, and, and there's times we do. But who in your life? Who do you rub elbows day with elbows with every day that you could encourage? Who's it in your life that maybe you're ignoring or you're avoiding or you're not observant to that 
possibly could use a word of encouragement that would lift their spirits and possibly even open the door for you to share the scripture with, with you, for you to share the gospel with, for you to share the Lord with. How about those you live with? We often overlook our spouses. We live with them every day. We know the fights. We know the, the struggles they have. But sometimes it's like the frog in the boiling water. I use that analogy a lot. As you turn the thermostat up, the water gets warmer. The frog doesn't know he's being cooked until he's cooked. And so often that's the way it is the relationship with our spouses. When we're going through something, we're fighting. We're not fighting amongst ourselves, but we're fighting the world. We're fighting circumstances. We're fighting whatever it may be. And, and so often just a little encouragement to your spouse could change your marriage. How about your children? How about your kids? that are every day walking in a world that's sending them messages that's basically destroying their lives. There's so much about body image and looks and everything out there in the world today that if they don't meet a certain criteria, then they're ugly or they're worthless or they don't matter in life. We need to be speaking into our kids' lives and encouraging them. Oh, I've gone to preaching now. This is part of our ministry as husbands and wives, as parents, as grandparents. Before you let that little one get on that school bus, or if you drive to the school, you let them out that car, do something to encourage them. Remind them that God's hands upon them, that God's Spirit goes with them. Remind them that they can do it, that they're more than overcomers. Oh, that you're praying for them, that you're loving them. Encourage them. If nothing else, sing. Roll the windows down and sing to the top of your lungs. So that when they get out of your car, they have a smile on their face. Thank you. Called torture. <laughs> My Trevor, he probably needs to see counseling for all the torture I've given him over the years. He definitely got out of the car a lot quicker. How about this one? How about those you worship with? You know, I look out here, and I'm just going to be very honest with y'all. You guys are great actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to tell the joke, but I could tell you the joke about the monkey suit religion. We all put a mask on. How you doing? Great. I'm, one, I'm blessed and highly favored. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I'm not saying you need to come spill your guts. Matter of fact, truthfully, I'm not really, I'm not against you putting your mask on as much as I'm for us encouraging people regardless of whether you know what they're going through or not. That's my point, right? We need to be aware of those that we worship with. The truth of the matter is, then worship may not encourage them. Me preaching. As, as anointed as our Sunday school teachers are, the teaching and the preaching of the Word may not encourage them. But your words, your attention, your caring, taking time to listen, a hug, might be the very thing that saves that person's life. We, we need to be encouraging to one another. 
You don't see somebody here. You need to get on the phone. You need to go buy a check. You know somebody's sick. You need to reach out. You need to see, can I bring you something for dinner? We have to go back to a church that encourages one another. Because when you know that you're loved, and you're accepted here, and you're encouraged, you're going to want to be here. You want to be a part. But we know that the enemy plays mind games with our minds, doesn't he? And he wants to tell us that we're unloved, we're unwanted in that place, and nobody cares. And one text, one phone call, one, I'm stopping by to see you. Let me take you to lunch. Can change a life. Change a life. We need to be encouraged. The God of all encouragement wants, as He encourages us, wants us to encourage one another with the encouragement we have received. But the truth of the matter is this. You don't have to know the person and you don't have to know what they're going through to be encouraging. Today, many of you are going to sit down in a restaurant and your food isn't going to be right. The service is going to be slow. You're going to have to wait in line. You're going to be wet and cold. And all, and you're going to be... And that little waiter or waitress is that trying her hardest, his hardest to make a living to support their family is going to wait on you. And you're going to be nasty and ugly and you're going to complain. God have mercy on your soul. God have mercy on your soul. Guarantee if you did that to your wife, sir, you probably wouldn't get another meal in that home. We shouldn't treat our spouses that way. We definitely don't need to treat the people we don't know that way. God, have mercy on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ if we can't be out there encouraging. How about instead of complaining about your food, you ask the waitress, can we pray for you as we bless our food? What in your life could I pray for you about? You never know. She may sit down and cry like a baby just saying you don't know how much I needed to know somebody cared enough to ask me about my day. How dare us to have the God of all comfort and encouragement come along and encourage us. And let's be selfish with it. I know this isn't a very encouraging ending. But how dare you. Learn to say thank you. Learn to say thank you. To people. Open doors for some. Have a blessed day. Merry Christmas. I'm thankful that you are working today. Have you ever told your waitress that on a Sunday? They shouldn't be working on Sunday. No restaurant should be open on Sundays. They shouldn't. It should be a day of rest for everybody. Except for the preacher. It's a work day for me. But I'm okay with that. I, I took yesterday off for rest. Oh, I've gone to meddling now. The person who serves you your coffee. The person sitting next to you at the soccer game. I even put down here because I experienced this last Wednesday. Hobby Lobby. There's some people who need encouraging in Hobby Lobby. My goodness. I say that to say this. Church, will you join me 
and make it your goal to look for opportunities to encourage someone. Not just today, but every day. To not only think of something encouraging to say, but with boldness say something encouraging to someone. You could say something that would change that person's life. You might even save that person's life. We're in the holiday season. There's very little holly about this season because of the hecticness and the busyness and the overwhelmingness of what it offers. But let's let live with those four words. Invite. An invitation. Gratitude. Not thankfulness and gratitude. Generosity. Give. Give. Give to people. If nothing else, give them encouragement as we live through this holiday season once again and see if the door doesn't open. God will use you to change the lives of people. I'm going to invite our worship team up real, real quick. If y'all just want to play something, if I, keys is fine, just keys is fine. The reality of it is, is um, I was wondering if the Holy Spirit was going to do what He usually does and have call for an altar call before I preach and then what I preach is confirmed by the altar call. I didn't feel like that's what the Holy Spirit wanted today. And what the Holy Spirit wanted today is that message in tongues and interpretations to confirm the message that He lined up in my life. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants to encourage you. But He also wants us to take that love that He put on demonstration for us now to put it on demonstration. We are His ambassadors. We are the agents of change. We are the thermometers, excuse me, the thermostats of our environment. I want you to know today God loves you and cares about you. But with that same love and courage, He wants you to But you may be here this morning, this is the altar. And you may be here today and say, Pastor, that was really encouraging. But what I need also is I need prayer. You may be going through a hard time. I want to pray with you this morning. You may be facing situations you have no control over, and they're overwhelming you with anxiety, stress, worry. I want to pray with you. God of all encouragement, all comfort, the helper, the advocate is in the house today. And I believe through my faith and your faith, we pray, God will encourage you. Anybody, anybody at all this morning, say, yes, Pastor, come down. Let me pray with you. You've got a situation. You need God to come. You're sick in your body. Come. Let us pray. You have a decision to make. You're not sure what to do. Come. Let us pray. Maybe you've made a decision. And you're like, oh, I don't know about this. Come. Let us pray. There's no reason for anyone to leave here to discouraged. Because the God of all the church, His Spirit, is present in the house of the Amen. I'm going to pray for you. Hold tight. Let's bless you.
Thank you for joining our podcast. Here at Bear Creek AG, our goal is to help others know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week.